Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, a dozen for 2022, and ask me questions if I was confusing. As the Major League regular season ends, I'm starting to gear up my draft prep for the 22 draft, 2022 draft. I'm not sure, as of the present, if the 2022 draft will take place in June or in July. If it takes place in June, then Kevin Parada who is arguably one of the people who the Cubs could, might seriously consider, would not be eligible for the draft. If it's held in July, he would be, because the well, the, the fluctuation ba- is based on um, age. If the draft is in July, then Parada will be old enough to be drafted, even though he's not a junior. If the draft is in June, he will not yet be old enough. It's draft eligibility is based largely on age and years of having played college baseball. I'm to 12. I'm to 12. I had been to 10. I had been to 10 names I was interested in. Somebody bounced two more names by me. I say, you know what? I can make it 12. 12 is not a problem. 12 is not a problem. Now, if it get to be like 18 or 37, then um, I'll still go. I'll still go that deep, certainly. But I want to have a shorter list, a shorter list so that each time, each week that comes around, I'm, I'm aware these are the guys I'm going to update. These are the guys I'm going to update. These are the high school guys I'm going to update. These are the college guys I'm going to update week in, week out, and yes, there will be fluctuation. And no, I don't want the list to get a whole lot longer than 12. 12 is fine. 12 is fine. And in no specific order, and I completely mean no specific order, here are the 12. Peyton Paulette, an Arkansas starting pitcher, right-hander. He's going to be the Friday guy for Arkansas and if you have a Friday and you decide, I'm going to follow a college baseball game, find out who Arkansas is playing, follow that game. Audio, video, whichever. If you get to one and don't do the other, and then after the fact, you okay, I didn't listen to the Arkansas game. I better go back and watch the Arkansas game. Peyton Paulette, if you are a college pitcher guy, If you're the mindset of a Cubs fan who I want the Cubs to draft a college pitcher so that said college pitcher can get to the major league club quickly enough to help, so et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. And I won't argue with the mindset. Peyton Paulette's the guy that, at least at the start of the season, you probably might want to watch. I was watching a bit of an interview with him from before the 2020 season interview 
like two days before the season started, three days before before the season started, something like that. They're asking Paulette about, you know, how have you matured over the offseason, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that you're probably going to be interested in if you're hyper-focusing on a specific player. Peyton Paulette said, I've gotten my fastball velocity up. If I'm throwing 20 fastballs, 17 of them are probably 95 or higher. All righty then. I'm interested. I was interested in Peyton Paulette anyway. But yeah, if he's sitting 95 and he's drawing comps to Walker Bueller, I'm kind of interested. Second on the list, Elijah Green. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time following him because there's no way in the world, no way in the universe that he's going to be on the board at 12. Unless something catastrophic happens, in which case... The Cubs aren't going to take him either. Um, very impressive outfielder. IMG Academy. I was watching him in a game last year. One of the few high school games I got to watch on the computer. He was up against a very noted um, prep starting pitcher. Elijah Green. I think it was Andrew Painter. Wow. This will be a good matchup. This will be a good matchup. This will be... Green takes him out to left center field right away. And it's like, okay, yeah, he can he can kind of play a little bit. Andrew Jones, spelled with a W-U at the end, making you think that he might be related to the Andrew Jones who played for the Braves. Yes, he is. Andrew Jones is going to be a center fielder. And it sounds like he's picked up most of the good traits from his dad. The defense is there. The power's there. The speed's there. There's really not a whole a whole lot missing. Um, Andrew Jones will be one of the names in consideration for the Cubs at presumably seven. Brooks Lee is a shortstop for, from Cal Poly. He was supposed to get drafted in the 2019 draft. 19? 20? Yeah, 2019 draft. But he pretty much told everybody, don't bother, I'm going to go play college ball for my dad which he did at Cal Poly so Brooks Lee is now going to be a junior he is now a junior I guess and he will be going very top of the draft possibly above Elijah Green if I were to if I were required to guess I would guess Brooks Lee won Elijah Green too but I might be way off Termar Johnson, Mays High School, Georgia, infielder, second baseman, third baseman. The defense isn't spectacular, and he's kind of a little bit on the short side, but oh my goodness, the bat. Oh my goodness, the bat. Line drives, line drives, home runs, line drives, home runs. Line drives. Um, not a shortstop, second base, third base with a bat. Termar Johnson will probably go in the range of, I don't know, everything's normal, four, five, six, something like that. Um, Dylan Lesko is a right-handed pitcher from Buford, Georgia. Have you heard Georgia a little bit? We'll get back to that. Uh, Dylan Lesko, not only, th- he's, I think, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that. Right-hander, right-handed pitcher, tall, One of the things that's so impressive about Lesko, as well as being high 90s with velocity, is that his motion doesn't have a whole lot of um, 
discord to it. It's a leisurely motion. So there shouldn't be any heightened concern about injury due to his delivery. He still might get hurt. And if he does get hurt, when he comes back, his delivery might not be as ideal as it had been or is now, whatever. I'm interested in Dylan Lesko. He might slip to seven. And he is the type, if things play out properly, he could be a top of the rotation guy without a whole bunch of um, mystery. Cam Collier was going to be one of the top draft choices in the 2023 draft, but ta-da, he reclassified and he is now a 2022 draft choice, reclassified as did James Triantos for last cycle. Cam Collier goes to Mount Perrin High School in, you guessed it, Georgia. Huh, go figure. Um, Collier, I'm not horribly familiar with him, but if he was going to be the guy in 2023 and now he's in 2022, he can't be horrible. You know, he's just, he, he, you don't drop that much. Um, Carter Young is the shortstop for Vanderbilt. Has power, makes the plays, has the range, should probably stick at shortstop. You may or may not highly prioritize adding another shortstop, but Carter Young should certainly be incorporated into the top 12 names. Jace Young goes to Texas Tech, second base, third base. Not quite sure where he's going to play position-wise, but his brother... Um, is a prospect in the Texas system, uh, the Rangers system. He's doing quite well. Jace Young will, he, he should hit. He should hit. I, he doesn't necessarily have a um, oh, typical baseball body, but he hits. And if you want a college team to follow and you refuse to follow Arkansas or Cal Poly or Vanderbilt, Texas Tech would be a nice follow. I also recommend the Texas Tech um, radio crew. The audio streams are fantastic. Go for it. H have at it. Uh, number 10 on the list, Gavin Cross, an outfielder from Virginia Tech. Most of the stuff with Gavin Cross is the bat. Um, he possibly has more swing and miss right now than you might prefer. But when he... He, he makes, he barrels the ball up amazingly well. He will swing, he, he's had some swing and miss problems. He's probably not the fastest guy. I don't know that he would even remotely be considered a center fielder. But the bat is there, and hitters hit. Jason Jones is an outfielder from, or an infielder from Braswell High School in Texas. I'm still learning about him a bit. The shortstop seems probably legitimate. He's he's built. All the all the players now are built, and uh, Jason Jones is not um, failing in that category. Um, he should. With high school players, there's really not a whole lot to gather, because when, when let's say he goes starts 
and starts to play a season as good as Texas's high school is, if he's hitting a whole against a whole bunch of guys who are pitching 80 and straight or 74 and straight or 66 and a bad curveball or whatever it is, there's it's very difficult to assess high school talent because you're against high school talent. But Jason Jones is another. It ends up being six college, six high school. The sixth college name is outfielder Chase DeLauder from James Madison. James Madison, not a uh, fabled baseball factory. But again, it's the bat, kind of like with Gavin Cross, kind of like with Jace Young. The bat is the key. Some of the players have... A whole bunch of different stuff going on. DeLauder, it's primarily the bat. And probably if you're going to try to assess who the Cubs should be selecting in the top yeah, with their first pick, you probably ought to know all 12 of these names, probably ought to do a little bit of research on all 12 of these names, and there will be more. There will be more. Two things. Um, Arkansas, Cal Poly, Vanderbilt, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, James Madison. If you're interested in who the Cubs should select in the draft, pick a team, pick a team, follow them. And it really doesn't matter, you know, Virginia Tech or Cal Poly, whoever it is that you want to pick, whichever guy intrigues you. If you like the shortstop who hits both ways and uh, Brooksley, um, pick the guy that works for you. Pick the guy that works for you. Do the research. Know when they're playing. Know about stuff. Know how they're doing. Follow them on Twitter. Whatever, whichever. One other thing to keep in mind. Earlier this year, the Cubs started spending a bit of money, even though it wasn't on Major League talent. Gregory Girard is a scout now for the Chicago Cubs. And I was happy that the Cubs had signed Gregory Girard because he's based in Atlanta. And last year, Atlanta was the, well, there are a lot of people in Atlanta that um, definitely deserved having attention paid to them. But I was particularly interested in Harry Ford. Now, the Cubs did not end up getting Harry Ford. I don't know what Gregory Gerard's call on Harry Ford was. Ford was gone well before the Cubs selected. But this year, to the best of my knowledge, the Cubs still employ Gregory Gerard. Now, let's imagine... You have a scout that lives in Georgia somewhere. I don't even know where he is in Georgia. But he's the area, he was the area scout or an area scout in Georgia, which basically means Georgia, Georgia area. He is, okay, we want you to go check out this game, check out this game. Keep an eye on this game, this game over here. I don't know how many games ga games a week that an area scout goes to attend. Could be three games a week, could be ten games a week. I have no idea what it is. 
I'm not I'm not that much into it, but I do know that there is a strong likelihood that a Georgia area scout will probably get to see a whole bunch of good high school baseball games and presumably a whole bunch of good college baseball games. Now let's just imagine that you are a team that is going to be drafting seventh in 2022. Drafting seventh in 2022. And you have a really impressive, really well-respected, really well-regarded, very popular area scout in Georgia. And you have players in Georgia at Wesleyan High School, at Mays High School, at Buford High School, and at Mount Perrin High School, all in Georgia. My guess, I could be way off here, but my guess is probably Gregory Gerard's job, to a really large extent, these four kids, prioritize them. Who do we want? Which order? As the Cubs assess their draft board. It won't be these 12. It won't be these 12. Probably it'll be eight or nine of these 12. Maybe I'm a little off. Probably be eight or nine of these 12. But if Gregory Girard goes and basically gets entirely into the games of Andrew Jones, Termar Johnson, Dylan Lesko, and Cam Collier. Those four high school players specifically. Know those four players. Know their families. Know what kind of people they are at school. Know what kind of teammates they are on the field. Prioritize those four names. Prioritize those four names. For instance, let's say, and this is completely hypothetical, I have no idea how it's going to go, but Gregory Girard, around about early June, early July, whenever it matters, if his order is Andrew Jones won. Small gap. Dylan Lesko, two. Small gap. Cam Collier, three. Termar Johnson, four. Let's say that's his order. Andrew Jones, one. Small gap. Dylan Lesko, two. Small gap. Cam Collier, Termar Johnson. See how that would help if he has them, if he has those four players specifically prioritized. One with a gap, two with a gap, three, four. Or maybe it's some other order. Maybe the gaps are all smaller. Maybe it's, you know, they're all really close, but I like Cam Collier a little bit better. But I can't get away from Tamar Johnson's bat. However they line up, whatever the one, two, three, four is, give me a proper read for a full career on Andrew Jones, Tamar Johnson, 
Dylan Lesko and Cam Collier. Are these guys that good? Are they that committed? Are they that good? Are they that good of teammates slash people so that you're not going to have any coaching concerns or uh, this guy only hustles when he wants to? If Gregory Girard can prioritize those four names, I can't. I have no idea. Someone's asking, so what's your order? I, I, I have no idea. And then when we ask about high school players, I have even less of an idea because how, all I can do is look at video. Maybe read an article. Whereas Gregory Gerard, he lives in Georgia. He ought to be able to be able to line up. When does Andrew Jones play? When does Dylan Lesko play? When does Tremar Johnson play? When does Cam Collier play? Get to as many of their games as possible. And with uh, Dylan Lesko, He's a starting pitcher. You want to be at all the games he's going to start. If he's going to be, you know, dh or possibly coming out of the bullpen, you don't have to see that. Cam Collier is playing 15 miles away. You want to see the game that is most pertinent. And you have four different games. Now, I don't know who's going to be playing when. I don't know if they stagger their schedules so that the games are heavy on Tuesday and Friday and Saturday or how they're done. But if they are even somewhat reasonably balanced, Gerard might be able to get in five or six games a week once high school games start with those four. And it's not just games that you would be interested in assessing. There are plenty of interviews, plenty of interviews. Talk to Andrew Jones. He's probably fairly well known in the baseball industry as it is now. But interview him. Talk to him. Talk to Andrew Jones, the younger. Talk to his coaches. Get to know Termar Johnson's family, Dylan Lesko, Cam Collier. What is there any, are there any, uh, any red flags, even any yellow flags. Know those four players. If a team can accurately assess one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If the Cubs can accurately assess one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. There, this draft is going to go at least seven players deep. Now, you get the players like Chase DeLauder or Gavin Cross who and Chase Young who really, it's all about the bat. It's really all about the bat with those three. If the bat is absolutely scintillating and sensational, then they might be worth pursuing more than if it's a case of, well, the bat's okay, but I'm really not sold on. Assess, assess, assess. And if it gets to a point where you have one to seven. You definitely want to have one through seven prioritized. But also, whoever the top 12 are, you might as well have one through 10, one through 12 prioritized. Remember how I was talking about uh, 
You have one guy in a small space and one guy in a small space, then two other guys. When you have those small spaces and you have guys who, you know, it's really hard to distinguish between these two guys. It's really hard. That's a complete legitimate admission. Completely legitimate admission. I'm having a hard time distinguishing between these two players. Completely good with that. If a team who is drafting seventh gets to a point where they know where the bunches are, where they know where... I'm really having a hard time distinguishing between these two guys. Let's say, as the Cubs do their research, one, two, small space, three, four, five, little bit bigger space, six, small space, seven, eight, nine, ten, all about the same. Now, you still got to bust through those 7, 8, 9, and 10 to determine who's gonna, you know, who you're going to take. But if you get to a point where someone else in front of the Cubs decides they want to go off board, they're taking someone that the Cubs did not expect to go. And suddenly the sixth pick or the fifth pick becomes available. If it's the guy before a small space or a slightly larger space, then you take the best player. However, if they get to a situation where they have four or five or six guys who, I've got an order on these guys, but I only have an order on these guys because I have to have an order on these guys. It's not... Any of these guys are significantly better than any of the other guys. Cubs are on the clock, and the Cubs have four or five guys who are basically the same, albeit possibly in different positions. They really can't cut the, This guy hits better. I like this guy as a pitcher. This guy has defensive versatility. This guy runs really well. Whatever it is. If they get to that point where there are four or five guys who are basically exactly the same, you'll want to have them prioritized. But if you get to the point where the five, the five guys are on the board are just about exactly the same, that's when you sign the player who will sign for the least signing bonus. The lowest signing bonus. If you have five guys, they're all about the same. Find out which one will sign for the lowest signing bonus and go from there. Get them for the lowest signing bonus. Save money for later. One of the reasons to have 12 names when dra probably drafting seventh is because there's always going to be fluctuation. Sometimes this guy will tumble, this guy will climb up, and it's going to happen. Players who are not on my 20 deep, players who are not on my 50 deep, might end up creeping into the top 12. It happened with Chris Bryant. He wasn't supposed to be that good. San Diego, third baseman, too tall, can't play third base. 
it kind of worked out okay. Players get better as seasons go on. Sometimes players get worse as seasons go on. Quite often players get injured. You have more players on a list than you need because you don't know what's going to happen on into the future. You want to have a plan B, you want to have a plan C, and frankly, you want to have a plan D. Peyton Paulette, Elijah Green, Andrew Jones, Brooks Lee, Termar Johnson, Dylan Lesko, Cam Collier, Carter Young, Jace Young, Gavin Cross, Jason Jones, Chase DeLauder. How confident am I that it will be one of those 12? 60%? Something like that. It could be somebody else. But if it's somebody else, somebody's having a really, really, really good season. And it's my job tracking the draft to be open and honest and assess who's actually getting better, who's actually getting worse. Maybe that guy that I thought was going to... Maybe he drops off the list and somebody else climbs up and replaces him. And, of course, sometimes other people will have differing opinions from me on who should be in my top 12. That's a fun part, too. Being, uh, associating with people who are opinionated regarding the draft is kind of the point. That's kind of the point. Those 12 players all make sense as far as following. Six of them are college. Six of them are high school. Of the six high school, one is Florida, one is Texas, and four are from Georgia. And I'm completely good with Gregory Girard prioritizing the four in Georgia. Thanks for stopping by. Pre-Arb Excellence, I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.